Well, the one thing I'm sure we're going to talk about this week is we enter into a, a new genre of films that we're talking about. Uh, you know, how much of this movie would just not be possible today? Would a single cell phone call change everything? I'm not so sure. But an Uber sure would. We're talking about planes, trains, and automobiles! everybody and welcome back to your new favorite show the more you nerd my name is drew and we are here for ho 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 candy christmas where we celebrate some of the films of the late great john candy uh i'm excited about this as someone who loves john candy uh but i cannot do this alone miles how are you friend doing i'm doing well i'm i'm getting into the the spirit of the season and this this is certainly a, a good place to start um when we were come december's are usually kind of a um wild card for us because we typically end the year with our annual mori awards so it's always going to be a shorter challenge month and so we often play loosey-goosey sometimes we'll do various top nerdies or just kind of whatever we feel like and i don't know there was something in the air because i think you or rebecca mentioned a john candy theme and i had already been like watching some john candy stuff there's recently been news that ryan reynolds and the candy estate are putting together a documentary um about john candy which i'm i very, would very, love to see that that sounds great i'm very excited for i know there are a couple of little candy mini docs out there but this is someone who has i mean i i grew up with john candy and it's it's interesting because there there is such a a joyous presence when you see him on screen and it's different from for, for me, at least, than a lot of comedians. There are a lot of comedians that I get excited about or I'm like, oh, this is going to be funny. But even amongst his peers, there was a literal joy to his screen presence that some some of those guys, even though they were great, just didn't have. And yeah. that's something that's always resonated with me about his work. And obviously, you know, we are a little bit older, so. If you didn't grow up seeing John Candy's movies, you may not have ever watched any unless, you know, a older sibling or relative or parent made you watch, you know, something like this week's movie. And I mean, this is someone who I don't think gets as much love today. We don't talk about him as much as I think maybe we should. But I know in uh, the Great North, he is venerated as an esteemed comedian and has influenced a lot of our favorite comics, people that we enjoyed growing up and people that we still enjoy today were greatly influenced by John Candy and his work. And I'm I'm really excited to dive in to something like this because we've it's been a while since we focused on like a singular person. And I know usually we would kind of do a biography, but 
Uh, well, we'll it's talk been a busy a, year, y'all. Yeah, we'll, t- <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about this stuff. Just because the thing about John Candy is that he did a lot with a lot of people. And some of his most famous roles, the things that people know him for best, are not things that he starred in. He didn't mm-hmm. often carry movies by himself. But when you think about his 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 uh you know he's he's great in spaceballs he's great in in splash in stripes but another thing that he was part of and, and miles this is a question that i have for you because uh you you grew up in a similar place than i did have you ever mm-hmm. heard of a thing called sctv oh yes yeah sctv was a sketch comedy tv show based in canada um and when you are a kid and you grow up in south carolina Sometimes you get confused as to why that show references things that you've never heard of before. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, I very much was confused because I I thought SCTV was supposed to be like some sort of South Carolina public broadcast. Yes, yes, yes. And it was these it was it was all these characters like Bob and Doug McKenzie. And uh, uh, what was the Martin Short character? Ed Grimley. Ed Grimley hey, was. Ed, on Ed there. Grimley, yes. Uh, 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 and, uh, the, the, the count and, uh, uh, what were, you know, we might, we might do some SCTV as part of this month. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it. Anyway, uh, SCTV was second city television based off of the second city, uh, comedy troupe, uh, which actually, uh, the Toronto's branch of the second city troupe. I don't know if it was Toronto first or, or Chicago first, but a lot of people know the Chicago version as being where a lot of the founders of Saturday night live came out of. Mm -hmm. Um, And which is why you see John Candy in a lot of projects with SNL alums as well. I mean, I think wasn't he initially supposed to be a ghostbuster? uh i believe oh that is a great question um i could have sworn like when they were talking about when they were still time traveling and all that stuff i thought it was basically belushi and candy and Ackroyd. i know belushi was supposed to be one but it was i can't remember if he had died by that point or i I can't remember i need to rewatch the the movies that made us uh because that's a pretty good concise actually there's a phenomenal a uh, new book out that is supposed oh. to be like kind of the definitive story of the making of the Ghostbusters that isn't the studio approved version uh, because there's a lot of stuff that's you know recently come out about uh, Bill Murray that you know uh, but it's called yeah. a convenient parallel dimension how Ghostbusters slimed us forever by James Green Jr. Uh, John Candy was approached to play the character of Lewis Tully in Ghostbusters, uh, but. Oh, man. But he would have been so good, but I love Rick Moranis. Yeah, but ultimately did not get the role because his ideas of how to play the character conflicted, uh, and the part ended up going to his SCTV co-star, Rick Moranis. <laughs> yeah, I, I can kind of see what, what um, Candy probably would have done. And I, I, I honestly, as much as I want Candy, I think he did. He showed up in some Ghostbusters-related uh, stuff. Maybe the music video? He is apparently uh, one of the many people chanting Ghostbusters in the video for Ray Parker Jr.'s hit single for the film. Love it. Um, before we start, because I did want to start our thing with a John Candy anecdote, because he was known for being kind of a, a good dude. And so this is... Uh, 
actor Troy Evans about the making of planes, trains and automobiles that has recently been gone, kind of re gone viral uh, because of the season. And he says it was the night of the Oscars and the phone rings. I'm sitting in my underwear in my room, eating room service and watching the TV and the phone rings. Is this Troy? I said, yeah. Troy, this is John Candy. I'm having a few folks up to watch the Oscars and wondered if you'd like to join us. I was so excited. You know, John Hughes will be there. The producers will be there. Maybe I'll meet Steve Martin. I didn't have any dress clothes, but I cleaned up as best I could and went to John Candy's room. He was in the same hotel, you know, and John Hughes wasn't there. The producers weren't there. And Steve Martin wasn't there. Who was there was everybody who was like me on the movie. He went through all the down the ladder actors and invited them up to his suite. Isn't that wonderful? And then he got like a thousand dollars or the room service. He got like 20 pizza and just the food kept coming all evening. And as I was leaving, I tried to slip in $200 to help with the food. And I remember this on my deathbed. John Candy just looked at me and said, Troy, it's been taken care of. And the idea that he was like, hey, I'm not going to go to some Oscar party and I'm going to pay it forward to all of the actors that actively helped make this movie get made just says a lot about the character of who Candy was. And I couldn't imagine a better way to kick off our episode than that story and celebrating just what a good dude John Candy was. 100%. I just, and he seems so charming and, and giving, uh, in, in, in the roles, he seems like someone that, that is just as, cause you know, you know, there are performers that have to hog the spotlight and there are performers that are willing to give up the spotlight in order to make the scene better. And I think mm-hmm. Candy is one of those guys. Uh, he certainly seems that way. Um, and at this point, yeah, that, I don't think anyone ha- will have anything at all negative to say about him. But, uh, right. And I mean, even we're still I love that we still uncover stuff like this year because of the 4K release. We finally got that uh, handful of deleted scenes from this movie, uh, including the one where he's smoking and drinking a hot uh, eating a hot dog across from Steve Martin at the airport <laughs> before he's before he's reading the book. Uh, uh so so let's get into planes trains and automobiles and here's a, a spoiler warning gang uh there there this is the first time i've ever seen this movie um i actually watched it for the very first time uh, a few weeks ago in the run-up to thanksgiving uh, and i will clarify american thanksgiving because canadian thanksgiving we have to reach out to uh, Canucks like John Candy that uh you know is is a few weeks before us but uh my my wife watched it for the first time last year and just loved it and convinced me to watch it this year and run up to to the holiday uh and and this is kind of like the thanksgiving movie i know there are a few out others out there that not a ton though yeah not a ton <laughs> So, yeah, this this is kind of I mean, this is the Thanksgiving movie for a lot of people. It's uh, certainly a tradition for me. Um, I watched it this year, um, the night before Thanksgiving. And I mean, it's it's one of those movies that like is kind of a comfort food film. And I'm very curious because this is one of John Candy's big hits. It's one of his cultural milestones. Um so I'm I'm very curious about you having never seen it. Uh, first, I, I guess, Drew, like, so what was your initial. I guess, introduction to John Candy, because for a lot of people, it was this movie, like a lot of people our age. So I I I would struggle to answer that question. 
because okay. so so keep in mind miles and i are of a particular age where we grew up with stuff being on on tv you know mm-hmm. there was this movie was on tv or that movie was on tv and i can think of a few movies in particular that would just air uh stripes is one of them stripes would air on usa network or whatever uh obviously edited for tv and things like that uh um uh what was uh one of the other ones that i was just thinking of canadian bacon uh aired on comedy central all the time um and i only learned as we were preparing for this episode that that movie was actually released after john candy's death it was filmed uh the year before but it didn't actually release release until after he was gone which is just absolutely wild because that's probably the starring role for him that i have seen the most um Oh man, we're, yeah. That, that's why I've been adamant about some of the movies that we're watching this this month because I want you to see, like, I think for a lot of people and a good gateway for a lot of kids that were our age was probably Cool Runnings because even though he wasn't the comedic star, he was still the one of the main characters in that film. And I think for you know when you have a character do a crossover movie like that. You can kind of be like, oh, I've seen that guy on posters and, you know, things at the video store, but now he's in this Disney film and I'm going to go see that, <laughs> which, which I did. I mean, for sure. Do you remember Camp Candy? Yeah. The 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 cartoon show where he was the the camp counselor. I wonder if that's streaming anywhere. I don't know. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot more research. I, I, I'm looking because I mean, but the, the, wasn't that a weird time where like sitcom comedians would have animated shows like Life with Louie? Life with Louie with Louie Anderson. Uh, How Howie Mandel had one. Uh, it was Bobby's, Bobby's World. world. Yeah. I guess that wasn't about him. That was about you know this character that he created. But he did the voice. Um. It, it would, I mean, of, of course, we also had, you know, stuff like Seinfeld and all of these other like stand up yeah, comics actual sitcoms like. I was talking about like animated, like things like this, like Camp Candy or Life with Louie, like and the, um, and the Alf cartoon, uh, which was a prequel <laughs> to the Alf TV series. Boy, we need to stop workshopping uh, future content on air. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so I'm, so. But this obviously, is your John, first- John Candy had been and, and of course, we talked about SCTV already, just seeing him in sketches for that that would air on on TV. Um, I feel like they weirdly aired on PBS in where I was, but that could not have been possible. I'm not sure where it actually aired. But so so when I say that John Candy was was a, a known name, I remember being sad when he died. He died in 1994, mm-hmm. which I would have been t- would have been 10 years old when that happened. Um, and uh the well, first actor i remember like oh no uh well probably the same year raul julia uh as well because i remember being sad about both of them because you know i only knew him really from three performances at the time uh but i loved raul julia <laughs> yeah um so so it, he, he was a pretty constant voice. And, and of course, Home Alone, he was in Home Alone, which was one of the biggest movies of our youth. Uh, the, the, it, his mark was indelible on on us. And so yeah. w- it is weird that I never watched this movie. Um, yeah. Um, 
It will not I'm, be I'm the it will not be the the weirdest movie that of his that I have not watched during during this this month. I can um, tell you. I I I think this might be the weirdest one to me just because it's the it's his Christmas vacation. Like it's it's one that has become a staple for a lot of people around the holidays. And that's the the beautiful thing about this movie. While it's a Thanksgiving film, you can kind of watch this in any like I was a day before Thanksgiving until Christmas. It's it's a very holiday feeling movie, because if you replaced Thanksgiving with Christmas, it's the same movie. It's exactly the um, same movie. Yeah. And it's it, if you've ever been rushing to get somewhere over the holidays, you can feel every little bit about this movie. Um, And this I, I, I'm sure it wasn't the first of its kind, but this there are so many comedic movies that are deeply inspired by slash ripping this film off that had been released in the last 30, 40 years since the release of this film. Yeah. Um, and it, it seems like anytime a comedian gets big, they start in some version like Zach Galifianakis did due date. And um, I know Melissa McCarthy's done like three of them. Um, <laughs> there, there, all, there always seems to be like, as soon as you have a big comedian, you do a film like this. And here you have, two of the biggest i mean you've got john not just john candy you also have steve martin who is still making relative uh, relevant content steve who you know it's it's funny i actually think steve martin is hosting saturday night live this weekend (laughs) i mean talk about talk about a lengthy career but like and it's fun because and he's he does this many times over his career but steve martin playing the straight man to uh, John Candy's well-meaning buffoonery is the perfect duo. I mean, this is this is really what sets up your your Farley and um, Spade in ten years. You know, yeah, very much so. I think I think Steve Martin plays it a little zanier than you typically see Spade play, but it but yeah. So, so yeah, let's, well, I mean, uh, let let's be honest, Martin has range. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so let's set up the movie for folks that haven't seen it um, and try not to get. And this is this is the hard part. Every time we cover a comedy is that we want to talk about our funniest moments and things like that. I but do you don't want to give everything. I away, don't yeah. want to give everything away because then it's inherently not as funny. Um, so Steve Martin plays a character named Neil Page, who is an ad executive. This movie came out in 1987. Um, and so there is a lot of this movie that is going to be immediately dated because uh things don't work the way they do now uh and it's very funny to me uh that some of the things that happen and so neil is in new york city he is trying to get back to chicago where he lives with his family to celebrate thanksgiving um of course there is a a big blizzard and they are routed from the uh crowded o'hare airport in chicago to wichita kansas where uh (laughs) where the journey kind of really begins um yeah because leading up to the blizzard neil tries to get a cab that is quote unquote stolen by the other protagonist of this film uh del griffith played by john candy before it's stolen by Dell, another cab is stolen by yes, yes. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Kevin Bacon is the unsung villain of this film. 
I, I th- th- this it's it's important to talk about this. Not important. It is important to me to talk about this scene because if you don't know he's there, you could easily overlook him. And knowing that it's Kevin Bacon makes that scene even funnier. And it, yes, uh, it's the kind of un, uncredited cameo you don't see a ton of anymore, because every time you see a cameo these days, it's it almost feels like the movie stops and put a spotlight on it. You know, you don't get like a Scotty doesn't know with Matt Damon, you know, anymore, like you something, something wild like this. And I I really appreciate this because, I mean, Bacon wasn't the massive star, but he his star was starting to shine by the time this movie was coming out. Oh, by this point, he had been in uh, a number of. Yeah, he he'd done Footloose already. He'd done uh, Animal House uh, years before. Tremors he'd already done. No, uh, Tremors is nineteen ninety. Oh, that's right. We're not. This is nineteen eighty seven. Um, he had done Friday the Thirteenth. Like he was a known name. So I mean, it's it is. And again, I haven't watched a lot of the background material. I want to do these more, a little more blind. Um, to me, he's a little bit more of a known name. So the the idea of him doing an uncredited cameo seems purposeful well and it, it makes me wonder because obviously uh bacon being in animal house has connections to sort of the snl group of people and this movie was directed by directed and written by john hughes was bacon in a john hughes movie around this point um I'm trying to remember what else Hughes was doing at the time. Uh, well, so he he um at the same time he was I think making she's having a baby, which Kevin Bacon's in. So it's it's possible that they were doing some filming around the same time and just like, hey, Kevin, you want to you know be this thing real fast? Like, I, I mean, I I would imagine that's exactly what the situation was. I mean, because you know it's no coincidence that he is immediately making a movie starring this guy, you know? Yeah. Um, I do love the story that apparently this was inspired by John Hughes own hellish trip from New York to Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) And after the, after the trip, he basically wrote the first 60 page pages of the film in six hours. <laughs> that's that's really funny. <laughs> so we've got Neil we've got Neil Page and Del Griffith who are on this flight. They 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 have, have well, they have had their uh their run in in the cab. Uh they have had their run in in the in the the uh lobby of the, the lobby, the, oh, the terminal. Oh, sorry to interrupt you, Drew. Uh because I was just looking this up. Apparently in the credits, even though he's called Taxi Racer, Kevin Bacon is actually playing his character from She's Having a Baby. Ah, interesting. That's really cool. That'd probably be more interesting if I had ever seen She's Having a Baby, but uh, I haven't. And apparently a cut scene includes Jerry Ryan. Interesting. Little Star Trek connection. Yeah. I like that. Go on. Anyway, (laughs) uh, so we have we have uh, Neil and Dell as they have the run in with the taxi. They have the run in 
uh, in the the terminal of the airport as they <laughs> as uh, Dell is annoying Neil with the book he is reading and the, you know, doing all sorts of other things. And of course, on the plane, they are stuck next to each other. Um, and Neil is just wanting to get home to his family. He's just done. He's ready to be done. And Dell is, you know, he's. He's a shower curtain ring salesman. Again, one of these one of these very funny (laughs) old school jobs that you could imagine a person having like this is not something I would imagine anybody having this job today. But I mean, maybe in the hotel industry, you would have that. I don't know. Um, With his gigantic trunk of of samples and things like that and uh, just making uh neil's life a living hell um and of course when their plane gets diverted to kansas uh what does dell do well you know he feels like he's made a friend out of neil despite the fact that neil very actively (laughs) dislikes him uh he (laughs) offers to have him uh uh to 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 share a room in this little hotel that dell knows uh because obviously with the planes all all the planes being diverted uh you know, nobody can get a, a hotel close to the the airport. Uh, so this is where the, the journey kind of begins as as we have some very funny, <laughs> very, very funny uh, uh, scenes between the two of them and just the hijinks that that they get up to as they go from the the hotel to traveling by a bus to traveling by a train to traveling by a car that then catches on fire uh, before they finally arrive at the the end of the journey. Um, I'm ch- I'm ch- dancing around this so much because the journey is very simple. It's just there's a lot of very funny moments in this movie between two extremely talented comedians. Yeah, let's let's talk about the the comedy here because unlike a lot of the stuff that we see now, it's it is outlandish and funny, but it's done so in a very grounded reality that I think gets taken for granted a lot in this movie. Uh, There's, there are so many like wild, like the wild thing about this movie is the sequence of events that continue to happen, but each happenstance isn't like what you would see in a Jim Carrey movie or even something like due date that was clearly influenced by this film or, or even Tommy boy later, like this while it's zany, all the scenes like I could see these things actively happening. Yeah, I mean, with the play- exception of the car actively still working. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe the bigger stretch. But the the plane that they are on getting diverted now, it does seem like it gets diverted a long way away. <laughs> well, so when that you look does at, happen when you look at a map, it's it's like a state and a half away. But I but. I don't know how many big airports that would that would take a plane that size. My, my partner did a turn uh, for a good little bit as a flight attendant, and that happens. And it makes no sense to me when. Oh, yeah, you she was supposed to be in Wisconsin, but ended up in Tennessee. Like it happens. I have no idea the the inner workings of air traffic at all yeah. but it, it it it's wild so that that that's not so crazy to me um it, i think the biggest cultural thing now that we're we're 20 years since you know smoking indoors has been completely done away with and the amount of smoking that's done 
by John Candy everywhere. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is, I mean, a little culture shocky now, because, I mean, even though I grew up, I mean, I grew up when you could smoke in planes. We were the very tail end of that. Yeah. I mean, the smoking, smoking or non-smoking in restaurants was a thing that was done away with when we were. Probably teenagers. I might have been college. I yeah, don't I, I know Waffle House kept the smoking. Oh no, I think you can still smoke at Waffle House. Uh, that depends on the state. That's true. Um, uh, South Carolina is a little more open than Georgia about that, but uh, also it's also based on principalities and counties and things like that. And then, like anyway, and whether or not the person on shift gives a crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, so I mean, part of the part of movies like this are fun time capsules because you know you started off with this and I, I never i never really think about this because i just i think it's a useless thought experiment but like oh i think probably because i saw mindy kaylee say this day oh you couldn't make the office today yes you can people still obsess over the office stop that well i mean i, um, I think i think the idea behind that is that office cultures have changed enough to where some of the stuff that happened in early seasons of the office would be things that would be extremely frowned upon they were extremely frowned upon when the show came out. I mean, that's probably the argument there, but I think we're all just more conscious of it is the, the idea that they're yeah, making. But that's, but that's the base of the, of the comedy. Like they're, it's not an endorsement. And so for, for this film, you know, you, you brought up the, oh, this this wouldn't happen today because you have cell phones and Uber and stuff. And I'm like, well, clearly they would both have their cell phones smashed at some point early in the movie. <laughs> just to prevent and it from happening. Just to prevent that from happening. I mean, that 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 right there is the first step yeah and, um, and, and it's it's also funny the little things like they both start the movie with a certain amount of cash because cash was a thing that you carried around yes children people carried actual physical currency around with them and lots of it because you didn't know when you were going to get to go to a bank to get more I mean, people it. still do that cons they still have like things where you have to go get cash like that's not <laughs> I wouldn't say it's like an urban legend. I don't know. Most, most cons I go to have the little square card reader. I mean, they, they do now much more often than than they used to, for sure. I mean, I never carry cash. I'd rather not. Um, But. I think what makes this movie so charming to me is that one, it is grounded in some realm of reality. It makes the humor very human. Yeah. So when you have these two characters acting, there's the, the amazing non-comedic scene in the hotel room when Steve Martin is just going off on John Candy and you can see it's actively having an emotional effect on him. And that's not something you see in a lot of goofy comedies. You, and you, you see you see Dell getting hurt by what Neil is is yelling and screaming at him. But then you can almost immediately see Neil's reaction as if has he hurt this man's feelings? Has he gone too far? And then he well, go and then he goes and <laughs> lies back down on the tiny bed that they have to share because that's the only <laughs> hotel right. room that was open. And I well, I and I love this scene on repeat watches because knowing who Dell is and what his life is actively like makes that scene hit even harder. And, and do do we want to do we want to spoil that moment? I. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's a, a really good emotional payoff in this film that I mean, there there are hints about it because even Steve Martin pieces it together in the end. 
uh, in a scene that apparently uh, John Hughes got by accident. Uh, he was looking for footage of of Steve Martin in the train. This was after they've kind of said their goodbyes. And apparently Steve Martin was like thinking about his lines and stuff and just happened to think something was funny. But he said from the shot that he was shooting, it looked like he was really thinking about something and remembering something that made him genuinely happy. And so that unscripted moment was kept in the film. And this is this is another thing I I love about movies like this is that you have these two people that that and I will say Dell seems to, to 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 legitimately care about not just Neil but people in general. He seems like a very nice guy who's who's not had the the easiest time of things. Um but Neil actively dislikes Dell despite the fact that mm-hmm. Dell is doing his best to try to help him. His best is maybe not the best and all that it's cracked up to be. But uh it, you see a turn with the two of them after after they get on the train and after the train breaks down where where Neil is just ready to move on and he looks over and he sees Dell struggling with this big trunk that he's had with him the whole time and he walks over and helps him pick up the trunk and carry it and it's like that's that's the the moment of change that's that's the moment of now we know these two are in it for we to until the end um I mean truth of both of these performers because you know, Martin's always been a good person to be able to play the straight person who's also kind of funny in a straight man way. And not a lot of straight men characters or actors can do that. Like a lot of guys playing the straight man in a comedy have to like, oh, I'm, I'm treating this as a drama or whatever. And that's what's going to elicit the the one two combo. But because Steve Martin is, even at this point, a veteran comedian and a master at what he does. He's able to also do some of these these fun tit for tats with John Candy that make his character, despite the fact that he is kind of the, you know, the asshole of the two in, in this situation, more often than not. It makes him a little bit more three dimensional and you get some really great scenes, the scene where, they, where they're getting drunk off mini, mini bottles at the second hotel they go to <laughs> is wonderful. And you even have this this amazing line where where Martin is kind of um, pontificating on the moment. It's like, you know, why does this feel like I'm at summer camp? And it's just this <laughs> whimsical like idea that like that these guys kind of found each other. And I think that's what separates this movie from so many others like it is there. There is such an emotional pathos in this film that is absent for a cheap laugh in so many others. And look, I've liked a lot of movies that riff off this one. Uh, Plenty. But there is something magical about not only the script that John Hughes put out, uh, which was allegedly, according to Steve Martin, initially four and a half hours long, which is insane. (laughs) That's so long. (laughs) Insane. Um, But you have two comedic greats surrounded by a lot of good character actors. I mean, um, I was just telling uh, Drew because it t- takes me forever to see it. But Dylan Baker is in, in here. Yeah, let's, um, let's go through some of the character actors in this. Michael McKeon, uh, Canadian comedian, SNL alum of his own right, uh, uh, works with uh, 
uh, and like best in show and all of uh, all of yeah, those Christopher movies, Guest. Christopher yeah. Guest movies uh, is in this. And, and again, all of these characters just, you know, small, like little little one off scenes. Um, let's see. Uh, Larry Hankin, who if you he he plays a. Uh, he plays a guy named Doobie, who is the taxi driver who's got like this <laughs> tricked out, like <laughs> weird taxi cab. Um, if you look up Larry Hank and you'll be like, oh, he's that guy. Um, you've got Richard Hurd in this movie. Um, one of Steve, like this is not a, a celebrity cameo so much as it's just a, a weird thing. Uh, one of Neil's kids. Uh, that you uh, that you just see in one of the scenes is played by Matthew Lawrence, middle mm-hmm. of the Lawrence brothers. Uh, Edie McClurg, who plays the uh, car rental salesperson who has been in literally everything. She's the, she is the uh, the secretary of the principal in uh, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day, Day Off. Thank you. I'm having a hard time with yeah. names today, gang. Um, yeah, she she is in so much stuff. Uh, Will uh, Ben Stein is in this movie as an airport representative. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this has a lot of great people coming together to make a great movie. And some I, I can I, I'm curious, uh, Drew, because you said this was your first time watching. Um, sometimes watching classic movies like this it, after, you know, 40 years have gone by in a modern context, movies don't always hold up. So how was your first experience? Because I'm, I mean, knowing your, knowing your wife, that was probably a a big influence and y'all tend to kind of share similar tastes. Um, so I'm really curious about your walk away from this movie when you first watched it. I, I mean, I think the, the, the things that age poorly about movies like this are stuff that falls more into the, you know, the, the, the cheap so, laugh like when they when they wake up together in the same bed and he's they're cuddling stuff like that yeah except those two are just so funny that that moment is so so, it's so funny good. Like, uh, why are you holding my hand <laughs> i mean it's 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 one of those things where it's like uh, that that one maybe that one's maybe the moment that aged the poorest just because you know it's 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 something that is treated more sensitively nowadays and uh but, but outside of that there wasn't a ton that i can actively remember that was uh was that that aged like that that aged with that sort of socio mm-hmm. social media yeah kind no of there, there are plenty of movies from this era that definitely don't uh what i love about this movie is this is a r-rated pg film and it's a uh, r-rated pg film for one scene for and one, one scene only for one scene only which i did not see coming in the movie and i had to pause it after it first happened i was like did he just say that? And then he said it a lot more. <laughs> but Edie McClurg's punchline in that is what makes that scene work. And I love that they had the faith to like, yeah, let's just we're keeping that in because yeah. that, that scene would have been cut today. Like, I don't think a studio would have faith to let what is mostly a PG comedy become an R-rated comedy based on the language of well, or, one small scene. Or or they would have sprinkled that language throughout the rest of the movie, and then the movie would have been an R-rated, and it would have been a completely different movie yeah. from top to bottom, which I don't think works. That, that scene... No, because this is a, a very squeaky clean movie in a lot of ways. That scene works because... Uh, and again, we're dancing around what the scene is and what's said, which you can probably read between the lines. But uh, but that scene works because so far... We, because we finally reached the actual 
breaking point of a character <laughs> and which and, i mean <laughs> and you see this you see this character that has been pressed upon and pressed upon and pressed upon and you see and you see what this guy just went through and it's just uh, oh it's it's so very funny um yeah this, this movie is great and this movie will likely become a a a yearly tradition at as in the prep because my my wife and i we host thanksgiving at least we do right now so uh it, it's the, sort of the holiday that we have claimed in our house so everybody comes to our house and no i don't think we'll watch this movie with everybody in our house um <laughs> just because you know uh well not that we couldn't it's mostly just because of timing and we get together and we you know have fun and play games and things like that but as we're you know maybe night before everybody shows up night before everybody drives in you know maybe throw this on and enjoy it uh, and and think about think about what it means to get together with family and be together with family uh and when the times to do that are more difficult yeah i i just I love this movie. It's it's an absolute blast. And it's. It's also fun seeing I mean, this is John Hughes, like eh, not his first, but like him, like switching gears and making a non teen film and like stretching his kind of legs here and and hitting a home run, like hitting an absolute home run with this movie. And proving to a lot of people who didn't think he could do it uh, outside of, you know, his Brat Pack stuff. And I mean, obviously, we continue to prove people wrong because he's got so many classics under his his belt. Um, And and and, and that's the other side of the this is the thing. John Hughes, like John Hughes had such an incredible career. He mm -hmm. he, and, and we think about his movies like The Breakfast Club and 16 Candles and 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 things like that. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And those are movies that he directed, but he wrote so many movies. Oh, he, yeah. I he, mean, he, I, he he's certainly, I would say, one of the voices of the 80s. I mean, National Lampoon's Vacation, also featuring John Candy in a small role. Um, <laughs> next week's movie, also featuring next, John Candy. <laughs> next week's movie. I mean, and we're we are are you know a couple of years away from Home Alone, and I looked it up. The house at the end of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is not the same house no. from Home Alone, but it looks Even just it looks like, like it. it. <laughs> and so does the neighborhood. I, from what I hear, I think it's a similar neighborhood the, 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 in Chicago. They're both based in Chicago, and uh, I mean. I don't want to say that there's a Chicago style home, but between those two movies and I think Uncle Buck is uh, 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 well, uh, well, spoiler warning for next week. I think that movie <laughs> also features a very similar house in some of that uh, film. Uh, there's I think there's a whole Wikipedia page on the house from Home Alone. <laughs> but uh, let, with that said, I'm not sure what more I can say about like, without just gushing or talking about all our favorite moments, just ruining the comedy for anybody who hasn't gone out there to see it. Um, as we mentioned last week, we had a, a change of month. And uh, so uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles still available on Paramount Plus at the time of this recording. So you can still go and watch it. Um, but some other things have changed. Uh, but let's uh, so let's let's say goodbye uh, to to this film and talk about what we are doing next week. 
So next week, we are doing uh, a film written and directed by John Hughes, starring John Candy in, I mean, another comedy classic, Uncle Buck. And this is one that I I think I associate with Candy the most in terms of his kind of solo ventures, because, you know, Plane, Trains and Automobiles is a duo film. This that's Martin and Candy. The Great Outdoors, Ackroyd and Candy. This one is John Candy. While there are plenty of strong performances and characters in this, it's John Candy. Uh, Amy Madigan is also fantastic in it, but this is his film. And I. I am so excited to re it's been a while since I've watched this one and I'm I'm stoked because this one is on Paramount Plus and it, I believe it wasn't last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's which we I think we got lucky there. Uh, this movie also features a very young pre Home Alone Macaulay Culkin, uh, yeah. not not his first film role, but one of his first roles. Um, and Miles, as a, especially as a major character and i mean clearly why hughes chose to work with him again yeah and miles i'm just gonna go ahead and tell you this much like playing strange on automobiles i have never seen i'm excited to watch this with you so i will be watching this for the first time and that is what we are going to cover next week as we keep a candy Christmas a rolling along. Uh, so in the meantime, if you would like to reach out to us, you can find us at the where you can find this and every other episode we've ever done. You can go to facebook.com slash the more you nerd. You can tweet to us at least for now at the more you nerd, and you can email us the more you nerd at gmail.com. That's the more you nerd at gmail.com. And that's Jed. Miles totally remembered you. He told me the whole story. So, <laughs> uh, so yes, of course, if you ever meet Miles in real life, he is going to remember you. Uh, but with that said, <laughs> we are now going to end the show as we always do with a candy classic. Nerd. Nerd. Out. Out.